This holiday season, prepare to have the stuffing scared out of you. Thanksgiving. In the town of Plymouth, Massachusetts, the fourth Thursday in November is the most celebrated day of the year. The table is set. The festivities have begun. What an uninvited guest has arrived. And this year, there will be no leftovers. Joining me is my co-host from Trilogy Theory, uh, Webb. Uh, we did an episode on Death Proof earlier this year on that podcast, but we didn't do the full Grindhouse. We did not include Planet Terror and that month's particular trilogy, and we also did not include the trailers from the full Grindhouse, which included, good Lord, uh, 16 years ago, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, which I didn't rewatch that trailer until after watching the film because I didn't think it really had fuck all to do with it other than uh, a horror film set on Thanksgiving. And then I watched it this morning on YouTube like, oh, I should probably get around to seeing like, what was that again? I didn't realize there were like callbacks to certain deaths in, <laughs> in the little mini trailer. Um some of them, uh, you know, are just as violent as far as the, you know, Thanksgiving feast, I guess, that that death. Um, not the cheerleader on the trampoline is the end result uh, is the same. But how we get there very <laughs> dramatically different. Very different. <laughs> so much so that my wife was next to me like, what are you watching? And I was like, yeah, I just need like a minute to watch this stupid fake movie trailer. Uh, and she was just looking at the iPad. And when that moment came out, there was an actual gap. So I'm like. <laughs> Kudos to you, Eli Roth. You, you know, you managed to get one more person to be like, "I will never watch whatever that is." Like, <laughs> not at all. See, when the trampoline was shown in in the full movie, I, I mean, excited is not the right word, but I grabbed <laughs> my seat and was like, "Oh shit!" I buckled in, and what we got was not the one from the trailer because that left a big impression on me because I was like, "I'd never seen that in a movie," and. I do remember the human turkey scene, and so I was glad that we got callbacks. Uh, let me give you the quote. I don't know if you saw this, but here's what Eli Roth said. Uh, he said, let's pretend that Thanksgiving was a movie from 1980 that was so offensive that every print was destroyed, all the scripts were burned, the director disappeared, the crew members changed their names, one person saved the trailer and uploaded it into the darkest corners of 4chan, and now it's made it out. And so this movie is the 2023 reboot. So that's how he is attempting to go about making this version of Thanksgiving. And it's gotten good reviews, Mike. And it kind of goes back to how I felt about Saw 10, where I was like, Saw 10 is getting good reviews? So I do wonder... Who are these people that are giving these movies good reviews? Because clearly, Joe Schmo, who's just like, I like movies, is not going to go on Rotten Tomatoes, see that it has, you know, 70, 80% Rotten Tomatoes, think, oh, a good movie, and then goes into it. And I don't think he's going to exit the film being like, that was pleasant. I think this is a very niche film certainly for this genre uh it's never really fucking mattered uh for opening weekend whether or not it has great reviews now you know the 
longevity of these particular properties, the, you know, the fandom will decide. Um, <laughs> I, I think that it's probably good. Uh, 16 years later, they're not leaning on like, Hey, it was, this was a, a fake trailer in grindhouse because in 2007, no one watched fucking grindhouse. <laughs> not your average <laughs> Joe. So no need for that. It is interesting. Like when I watched the fake trailer this morning and having seen the 2023 full length feature, it's not like the kills are playing it safe. Like this is attempting to be like sort of how scream has been successfully revitalized, but scream doesn't have kills that are, that lean into the sort of dark comedy as much. Uh, now scream is a dark comedy, but I don't think that we're <laughs> meant to look at uh, like, oh, do you like that one? We're going to top that death with something something equally crazy. Uh, so it is weird to me that they did not include the trampoline sequence because I feel like you, you could have, uh, especially when you have an earlier kill where a woman working at a restaurant, it's like the beginnings of preparing the, the, the flesh. You know, yes. you're preparing like the next – it's a Mortal Kombat combo sequence the killer <laughs> is doing to get to the desired result. But that being said – yeah, you know, they may have kicked it around and it's just pushing it too far because I do think while the kills can be excessive at times, this is fairly mainstream and kind of fun and silly. And if you are of the younger demographic and you like the new screen movies, I would imagine you like this one too. The difference I have with it uh, is that I don't find any of the uh, teens being stalked particularly likable. But the film, I guess, that's the the premise is they participate in this horrible Black Friday event that <clears throat> caused, you know, death of innocent people. I used to love this town. Until what happened that night. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and I'm tired of pretending like everything is normal when it's not. I want things to go back to normal, too. Show some enthusiasm. Thanksgiving is an institution here. Uh, and the biggest sin to me, Webb, as a tech person, is they're not even going out for a Black Friday deal. The driver, they're going on their way to the movies, and they decide to stop in at a box store on Black Friday before they go to the movies because the dude's cell phone screen is you know, cracked. He's like, oh, I need yeah. a new phone. <laughs> that, that, I was on board with the killer then. It's like these people have got to go. Like, <laughs> because if I was in the back seat, you're messing with my movie plans, and you decide just to run this casual errand on Black Friday to pick up a device. Ooh, I, I, I was in. I could not stand these people from the jump. What about you? No, not very much. So uh, when I spoke to my brother about this after the fact, he's like, "How was the acting?" Because I heard he got TikTok stars. And I was like, eh, "It's no better or worse than any other." you know slasher that i've seen because the it's no jamie kennedy no, no matthew lillard inside not at all and since you mentioned black friday let's talk about black friday i think the concept of the black friday sales where people are going nuts and trampling over each other, i think it's pretty antiquated at this point they seem to have missed the window of that unless this was a, a period film where it's like i guess you could push it to what the late 2000s, maybe, I guess, early 2010s. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, uh, doesn't Krampus start with a sequence, the credit sequence uh, of people That's like right. you know fighting each other? Uh, and even then, that was like, what, 2015 or 16? Even then, that felt uh, like they had just missed it. Like that's, I understand what they're going for, but um, yeah, I... I <laughs> 
and you know they could have put that in the script too i guess if you want to have a generational divide where it's just like the old fucks waiting in line in front of a box store and these kids are innocent they don't have any idea like why the hell are people waiting in line to get into a best buy <laughs> like I, I could see that as a joke but um it is just a means to uh be cruel to uh some of the characters i, I will say that it's it's sort of shockingly uh cruel as far as the first kills um you know, I guess it's not much of a spoiler, but it's a woman bringing food <laughs> to a man who has to work Black Friday on Thanksgiving. It's a little bit different than the Scream franchise where uh, it's like being like the Bond girl. Like if you're the first kill in Scream, you're usually the biggest star. Yes. You know, you're the step in for Drew Barrymore. So it's it's different than that. And, that you know, this this is just setting the tone like. Uh, we're going to scalp someone <laughs> in the first sequence, <laughs> and we're going to go from there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm like you. I'm a little surprised that at the reviews of it, even though I enjoyed it, uh, I can only say maybe that's coming off of the death throes of, like, the superhero movies that people are like, God, just give me give me some other genre, just something else. Even if it's something that is riffing on other things we've seen before, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take Eli Roth doing his 2023 version of a low-budget, like, 80s horror movie. I mean, this actually is going back to the Italian giallo films of the 70s, the whodunit uh, slashers. Uh, that I mean, The Scream is very much a product of those as well. And actually, I'm going to disagree with you here. Scream isn't dark comedy. This is more dark comedy. I feel like Scream has humor in it, and it has violence, and it's, like, dark. But... This one has actual dark comedy because in this one you've got uh, the, the human turkey scene where you know the the little thing the indicator that pops up when it's when she's like done or the the person is cooked properly like that's a scene of dark comedy. I don't know if there's anything really like that in Scream. I feel like Scream has its own moments of comedy. Um, You're just showing me how little you you care for Principal Fonz, uh, you know, when he, he dares to <laughs> use scissors on some young punk's scream mask and then, oh, you'll get yours. <laughs> you'll get yours for fucking with the scream fans. No, was you, you mentioned that this film is kind of mainstream. There is a good amount of violence. You've got people being, mm-hmm. uh, um, I mean, cooked alive. You have uh, the lady being cut in half and all that and like partial scalpings. Once you've seen Terrifier 2, everything else really seems like it was made for babies. And I know you haven't seen Terrifier 2, but you've surely heard the, you know, the the, the reputation that that film has. But that one, that one was never, like, positioned as a mainstream release. No. It was actually kind of like a surprise, modest financial hit, right? Like, they didn't expect it and just kept playing and playing through the Halloween season. Yes. It- uh, whereas I went to see this <laughs> a Saturday matinee, and it was like... All right, there's like a 12 year old there with the parents, and like it, you know, it's like it seemed like it had the seal of approval as far as like we know this is a horror movie, but this is one that's aimed at the teenage set and maybe the preteens, uh, who would you know probably find it hilarious and be, be really into it. I don't know, I've not seen the Terrifier movies, but I feel like that's something that if the preteens are getting it, it's on digital download and they're sort of sneaking it. I don't, I can't imagine the parents are taking them to it. That's exactly right. I think, uh, the way evil dead was supposed to be like a video nasty. That's kind of what terrifier two is a modern day version of, and even terrifier one, which I don't like terrifier one, but I love terrifier two. Uh, terrifier two was a Kickstarter, um, movie and the Damien Leone, he wanted like 50 grand to do it. And it ended up making 250 grand. 
uh, in the Kickstarter budget. And then it went on to make, I think, like 15 million. And it was released in theaters as unrated. And so... Take that, yeah. Zach Braff. <laughs> I, th- I, thought, I thought he killed Kickstarter a decade ago. I didn't, I didn't realize that was still going on. That's right. And so I thought the violence in this movie was absolutely like the mainstream version of gore. Uh, Terrifier 2 is, is, I think, a step above. Um, one thing I got to ask is, is there any other way to make a slasher film today? You can't make Jason... Uh, uh, takes Manhattan or whatever. You can't make that kind of a movie because it's garbage. Mm. No one's going to go see it. But you can make a whodunit where there is a little bit of a plot. There's some intrigue. There's some tension. And that's the only way you can make slashers today, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, well, I'm trying to remove my my own personal bias because I'm not a horror movie guy. In fact, you know the Scream franchise, especially Scream One and Two, and and the you know the newer ones. Uh, I'm such a huge fan. I get so excited for those. And I, I love the whodunit aspect of them. I've never been someone that, you know, had, I don't know, if you want to go back to like, you know, Frankenstein or, you know, uh, Bela Lugosi. I've never been someone that likes the classic movie monsters to where I want the more modern versions. And I say modern, but it's been, you know, 40-some years. Like Freddy and Jason, Michael Myers. I don't really get into the idea of the... You know, these supernatural words, like they're the embodiment of evil, where they can be everywhere and, you know, they, they live forever, that sort of thing. Um, I like small town grievances of Scream <laughs> or, or, or Thanksgiving. I enjoy that. Um, it's admittedly, you know, a stupid mask. It's a, you know, uh, a pilgrim uh, in, in black. It works, though. I mean, yeah. it's like I, I enjoy that. And they're they're going back to the scream thing where it's like, hey, it's a mask that we, you know, we hand out to everyone. Everyone can be. Uh, was it the John Carver, you know, character? Um, I don't even think I was paying attention to that. <laughs> I just know that for my Saturday matinee, I, you know, hold my phone out. They scan my barcode and they're like, oh, you get a free poster with this, which I always think is kind of awkward. I've noticed it for like Barbie and some other stuff earlier this uh, summer. Uh, and it's like, oh, so I'm going to sit with a poster. If it's a crowded theater, am I going to put it on the floor? Am I going to roll it up? Like, I, I'm always like, why don't you give this to me? Like on my way out, I want you like, you task it that way. But on my way out, you know, as I'm protecting this poster that I probably will throw in the trash. I don't know why I'm being so like careful with it. I saw on the back, it was like, you know, make your own, like. John Carver and I was like, "Who is that?" Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the bad guy. <laughs> well, don't care. Now that you've mentioned the bad guy, you want to get into spoilers? Sure. I mean, we've made it to almost the fifteen minute mark. Uh, I assume, unless you've just been fooled, thinking this is a Thanksgiving spectacular episode where Webb and myself give thanks and not the the movie <laughs> uh, proper, uh, you can you can dip out now, and we'll I guess you know, eventually reveal who John Carver is and maybe, you know, reveal some of the deaths. Uh, so spoiler starting now. John Carver was one of the first pilgrims and the founder of Plymouth, Massachusetts. Soon after settling, 50 of his fellow pilgrims died mysteriously. With the deaths only ceasing after Carver's passing, locals left his remains to rot in the town center. But legend has it his spirit still stalks Plymouth to this day. Thanksgiving is an institution here. It's the John Carver mask. Everybody's going to be wearing them. I don't know why I was being so protective over Gina Gershon getting it, yeah. because I doubt the kids today care. 
but I was like, they killed fucking Bound in the Bound. first 10 minutes? They, like, God damn it. 100%. 100%. I felt the same way. Um, you've got... What did you think of the reveal? Oftentimes a movie's success hinges on whether you're surprised or something that makes sense. They did throw a little bit of uh, – uh, well, it's, it's not dramatic irony, but it's like – it's information that you're, nobody is given and it's given at the end, the motive uh, that he was actually the, – the sheriff character, Patrick Dempsey, uh, was to uh, uh, run away with the Gina Gershon character what did you think of that well it certainly makes the uh poor you know uh shop smart shop s smart manager whatever it is right mart uh, it makes him uh his life a little sadder because he gets to witness uh his wife's death uh she only dies because she's bringing him thanksgiving dinner which he didn't get to have you know he's <laughs> he's he's bruce wayne in the dark knight he doesn't know that uh she's chosen harvey dent <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's not gonna be with you, bud. So that that's a little bit darker. Um, I don't know if we're retroactively been like, oh, good. I'm glad she died <laughs> because that's that's horrible. But I think my issue with the killer, like, and you know, whoever was gonna be revealed, is that I I had no investment in any of them. Uh, unlike the Scream franchise, where. You know, you, you're set up to believe, hey, it's just going to be one of these kids. Yeah. It's going to be one of the, the peers, the classmates. And you get to see them hang out enough. Uh, this, um, I guess it's just, you're led to believe it's just one of the, the ex-boyfriend or the current boyfriend. And that's that's about it. It's one or the other. Uh, but that seems so obvious. They're, you're like, well, it's going to be one of the adults, I guess. And, you know, it's the, it's the one of most authority and power. But you're right. The reasoning comes in fairly late and I don't think is ever hinted at other than maybe that opening sequence as far as why he's having to share Thanksgiving with, you know, friends as opposed to, to family. But I don't know. It's one of those things that I think on rewatch, if the kills work and you like the rest of the cast and you find it entertaining, you don't care as much. Like, do we go back and analyze, um, skeet, Ulrich, like, telling Neff Campbell, he says, like, you know, you know, when my, you know, my parents got divorced, you know, it hurt me too. Will you please fuck me? Like, I don't think, I don't think we look back at that as like, ooh, that was a big reveal. Like, that's going to play later. No, I'm looking at him as a horny teenager that's grasping at anything just to, to get in her panties. So, I don't know. I don't know if these things ever really matter who the killer are until the rewatchability factor as far as if you enjoy the movie. You dig it. If you don't enjoy the movie, you probably think the reveal is dumb. That's that's sort of my assessment of these things. The opening scene, you have uh, Gina Gershon's character talking to Patrick Dempsey, and she says, oh, a good-looking man who can also bake? Like, you're not going to be single for very long. That is the one solo hint, and that's about it. I just thought, hey, it's Patrick Dempsey. That's, that's it. You don't, He doesn't need to bake what are you talking about patrick dempsey in a small fucking town um yeah he's probably not gonna have problems and you know unfortunately the allure of showgirls and bound it just had to be gina gershon and patrick dempsey in this small town festivities it was bound to happen everyone should have been aware of it everyone should certainly sorry i had thought escaped my mind I'm just assuming you're thinking of patrick dempsey and gina gershon having sex (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing else Damn it. I don't know why. Oh, one thing about the ending. I, I think the film builds enough tension and is enjoyable uh, 
for most of the runtime. Once the reveal happens, it's like, okay, fine. I actually really like the concept of him using the final girl to get the names and get the individuals who he has to kill. That was very clever. I like that a lot. But everything kind of rushes at the end, right? It it feels like, oh, we got to get this movie over with, and then they have a weird dream sequence at the end. I thought that was completely rushed, and I didn't ruin the movie, but I didn't leave the theater as satisfied as I wanted to. What about you? Well, you know, I had never seen uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street until um, last month for the Halloween season. Now, I'd seen, like, bits and pieces, unfortunately, with, like, a lot of the 80s stuff that played on cable TV or, like, someone just having a VHS copy. Um, Comedy and horror are the two that I have the biggest blind spots for because I feel like if I've seen the best gags or the best kills... I never am that enthused to go back and like, all right, I'm going to watch it, you know, proper. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it, uh, seeing it on the big screen. Uh, but that's that's sort of a thing, right? Like with those, like, you know, Carrie, uh, I mean, has the probably maybe the most famous one as far as the last, like, jump scare, which is, you know, unnecessary as far as the plot. But, you know, it's just one more little jolt. I didn't have a problem with that. I agree with you that, <laughs> I mean, fuck, man, after you you – cook a human turkey <laughs> and set it up for everyone and then attempt to feed it to one of the, you know, <laughs> the partners of this, this person. You're probably like whatever you come up with afterwards, it's you're sort of zoned out because it's just a simple chase uh, sequence there. Now, there are some, you know, great quips that are on the, the poster that Regal wanted, really wanted me to have. Like, you know, <laughs> this Thanksgiving, there will be no leftovers. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff. It it leans into those those charms I, I liked, but... Yeah, I I I think once you remove the oh my god quality of like how the this killer is uh putting people on display in their death um I don't know. Like you mentioned Saw, do you really care how like the Saw, like the latest Saw adventure wraps up? Like I know the first one is famous for that big twist, you know, reveal. But I I did see Saw X or you know Saw 10. I don't know what the, the proper <laughs> pronunciation is for. I don't know if the, they're like Apple and they're like, no, you never say X. It's <laughs> an X. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if I really was that concerned with dotting the I's, crossing the T's. Like it's got a pretty lukewarm little twist there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, I didn't have a problem with this. I just don't think that the killer is going to live on in movie screen glory like like a Matthew Lillard. I, I don't think that there's not one bit of like, you know, uh, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me, you know, sort of weeping. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's nothing like that. I mean, here. he does proclaim the movie tagline loudly for some reason. I never thought back in the 90s that Lillard was some great thespian. I probably don't think it now. <laughs> But now I watch this particular genre, and I'm like, man, he just had a, a, a zest for, for slasher movie life, where it's just like some people just have it in that very particular scenario. It, I mean, Rose McGowan in the first Scream is a great, you know, sidekick best friend. Totally charming. I agree with your, I guess, your brother's sort of uh, interrogation that if these are TikTok people, none of them make any sort of impact on me. They're all versions of, like... Nev Campbell, as far as they just seem like they're playing like the straight laced fuddy duddy. Uh, you only get one random uh, freaking geek, which is the arms dealer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> playing the sort of like Matthew McConaughey, like he probably graduated high school 10 years ago, but for whatever reason is still heavily involved with the goings ons of like high school students. 
Um, that's my biggest sin, probably with the movie, is it's the, I guess, the victims themselves. Uh, I don't find them particularly charming or annoying. Like, I actually probably can't distinguish them uh, at all. There's There's one sequence where one of them's father is is he like Russian or something? And like, he's some, they're going to Florida and I'm just like, Oh, I, I guess that's all I'm going to remember is that that's the Russian family going to Florida, but that that's it. And unfortunately they have, you know, uh, their, their home home is under renovation. So that provides a very convenient saw blade to use. <laughs> as a, as a that, that scene actually brought back a little bit of PSD, PTSD for me. Um, because that that's how I severed my finger. Oh yeah, I so, forgot your your days in construction. Yeah, uh, that was fun. <laughs> come back. An unpleasant. Um, <laughs> did you feel like you wanted a Thanksgiving too? Yeah, 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 I did actually. I, I I came out of it thinking like, you know, we could do this again. You know, you could if anything that's not going to take itself too seriously. Um, and is just aiming to, you know, be a crowd pleaser, which no, I, I'm fully aware that some of the, the violent ends here, some people like my wife watching that little fake trailer was like, nope, <laughs> <laughs> not for me. But you know what you're walking into if you don't think it's just a uh, Thanksgiving mystery is going to play on the BBC, then you probably are down for the shenanigans. And yeah, I did think like, hey, this, you know, I wouldn't mind this. Now they'll, they'll run it to the ground, like all that goodwill. Could go away with the very next one, certainly by part three. I think if we do three Thanksgiving seasons in a row with, you know, the murderous John Carver, that's probably enough. But um, you never know. Like Scream, Scream died out in Scream 3, uh, tried to come back for Scream 4. That didn't take. <laughs> Give it another decade. And for some reason, you get the right filmmakers or just the mood of the audience and you're into it. But no, I I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. I thought I would come in as the bad copier, considering you went to like the late, like opening day showing of this, trying to squeeze it in. Uh, I thought, what, what is with this guy? Like his allegiance to Grindhouse just knows no bounds. <laughs> like I was, and then I thought, like, what are the other trailers, Webb? Like, why is, why has no one ever said, hey, we should do that movie? Like, I don't even know what the other trailers are. I just know this is the sort of infamous one. Uh, this one, we got Hobo with a shotgun that got its own movie, and we got Machete that got its own movie. I think my oh, yeah. my favorite of the trailers were was uh, Edgar Wright's one. Don't I thought that one was just hilarious. Uh, do you think speaking of the trailer, do you think that the fake trailer is better than the movie? Like, what do you prefer? It probably is probably is better, but I don't think I would prefer it. I don't think I want to watch that movie, but I think that that one would probably be a more memorable movie. But you're, you know, you're mentioning how much you enjoy Terrifier too, and I'm like, yeah, that you can talk how you want. That's something I'm never going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I just I kind of know my limits, so I want the more palatable. You know, I want the the cherry coke version, which is what I got here. I can have my popcorn, my drink. I can enjoy it. I can be disgusted at times, but it's all couched in that sort of isn't this so wild and fun? Yeah. As opposed to we want to make you puke while you're at the theater. So that's a that's probably a terrible answer that it's like yes and no it's like yes maybe for some but certainly not for me this is this is the version i want i want the one where eli roth realizes that the uh the trailer is the lost version and this is one that could actually get released yeah no i think that was a very a good way of seeing how to make that into a feature length film the, the i i actually do love the thanksgiving trailer from grindhouse uh, i think it's very funny it's very everything that's great about this movie is condensed into like two and a half minutes. 
in that trailer. I, and um, I, so I, I genuinely do uh, love that one. Uh, but yeah, it's funny that, that I'm totally forgot uh, Machete because I'm pretty sure when I saw Grindhouse, I would have thought like, oh yeah, that would be fun. And then the films actually came out, and I'm like, oh. Machete kills. That one got a sequel. Good lord. <laughs> you know, in fairness, I think I've. I got it. Sad to say, like Eli Roth, just a better filmmaker than Robert Rodriguez. Like I don't. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I no. I think I, I like more Rodriguez's movies. I actually think that this would have been a better movie if Eli Roth didn't direct it. Um, even though. I, I like the original Hostel. I think it's actually still quite um, quite effective. Uh, didn't like Hostel too. Have you seen Have you seen those? No, no. Those are, those are definitely like not not for me. Uh, the first Hostel, I think, uh, uh, you might actually not be completely horrified by. <laughs> um, maybe even the second one isn't. It's not like oh my god, it's so gross. Blah, you know, puke bag. Uh, but I think the first one, I think there's an actual attempt at uh, filmmaking. Oh, I, I have to ask you this. Have you seen Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2? No. Uh, right. I've not seen anything other than the uh, well, the Thanksgiving uh, feature version, I guess, when they did the remake with the uh, guy from, uh, uh, what, Bad News Bears? Um that uh, and little children, the uh, yes. war sharks. Yeah, um, I saw that, and I have no memory of it other than like, okay. eh. Try to work that into trilogy and theory. I think we have uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three on the list for trilogy and theory. Uh, I can't remember what the trilogy is, but I think that's probably our oddball pick. I do want to quickly say that I think I agree with you on Rodriguez, uh, El Mariachi, Desperado from Dust Dawn, The Faculty. First four movies, I find uh, enjoyable. The 2000s, when you start getting to Spy Kids, which I understand uh, it's not for me. Spy Kids 1, 2, and 3 in three successive years. I didn't realize that they just banged those out. Yeah, I mean, that allowed him to do whatever he wants. Like, they made so much money. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, eh. Uh, Sin City, a huge fan. Uh, and, you know, the Grindhouse participation, not really a fan of Plant Terror, but I like the idea of Grindhouse. Um, then we get into Machete, more Spy Kids, another Machete, the Sin City sequel, which I hated. Um, yeah. Alita, Battle Angel, which I know has its fans. I thought it was, I there was, uh, who, the, the, um, 
Solares, I don't remember the actress's name, but she is trying so hard and she's so endearing that I I end up liking it for her. Hypnotic with Ben Affleck, which I actually saw in theaters this year. I I can't believe that was a passion project. I like I what? Can Eli Roth make a movie as bad as Hypnotic? I just don't think he can. I don't think he can make one with zero personality like Hypnotic. Uh, have you seen Knock Knock? Uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, Ana de Armas uh, participating mm-hmm. in a threesome, and so I will not hear any of your nonsense <laughs> <laughs> that you're about to say about that film, which I think is pretty bad and stupid, but there, it does have its charms. You'll want to open the door to Knock Knock. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 my, that's how I cut the trailer. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show. You can find more of that over at Trilogy in Theory. Oh, you need to cut all this out. <laughs> Keeping that knock-knock thing. <laughs> <laughs>